1: This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro.
2: All right, folks, here we are. We're back once again, ready to rock your socks off. That's right. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast. My name is Aaron Camaro, joined as always by my awesome friend. He's going to be on assignment with me this week, Mr. Chris Sinzak. How you doing,
0: my friend? Doing good. It's going to be an interesting one.
2: It should be interesting. You know, I didn't tell you this, but last weekend I did a big wrestling show here in Nashville, and I completely Mm -hmm. blew out my voice. Now, we've already tactically been recording for about an hour, so I'm starting to feel it kind of tense up a little bit, but I think I'm going to be all right. I woke up the next morning. I was like,
3: hey, baby, how you doing?
0: (laughs) Well, you're in luck because I have an Aaron Camaro backing track that I can play when we edit the show.
2: Oh, good. Did you borrow that from Cobras and Fire?
0: Yeah, I did. Ha 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 ha.
2: Well, we had a super good time the last time we did on assignment. It was an experiment that went very, very well. And so we thought, you know what? Let's do it again. So today we've got another friend coming on the show with us. He's going to assign us an album. We've been listening to it and we're gonna grade it. We're on assignment. So, we're going to tell you all about that in just a minute. So, hang tight because you know us. We got business to take care of. And we're going to take care of it right now. We've got what? One, two, three reviews. Are you sure we should do them all? We're going to blow our shot again and not have any for the next couple of weeks? No, too late. We're going to do it. So, the first one here is an Apple Podcast review, it's entitled Don Dawkins Wig. <laughs> I don't even care. It's got all five stars. And it goes a little something like this. A one-stop shop for all your hard rock and heavy metal needs may contain traces of Juice Newton.
0: (laughs) The joke that will never die. I love it. One episode, what, 10 years ago? Come on, people. Yep. That comes to us from Cusano versus Klein. (laughs) (laughs) I love
2: that. (laughs) via apple podcast (laughs) reviews love it
0: (laughs) well don Dawkins does have a five-star wig i'll give him him
2: that that. give him something (laughs) all right so we also got a couple of pie chaser reviews short sweet to the point all the pink stars we love them this one comes to us from lord 71 Another great episode. Thanks, guys. Been listening to you guys from since the very first episode. You missed my review last time for episode 472. Cheers from Finland. Nice. Oh, hey, look here. (laughs) It's another one from Lord 71.
0: This is the one we missed. This is
2: the one we (laughs) missed. Great, great episode. Always fun to listen to. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Lord 71 from finland that's very awesome man we appreciate it very much
0: yeah so i i have an apology to make to lord 71 because i i didn't re, you know it's funny we brag about pod chaser being like well you can review particular episodes right and i got we always say that and then i don't go and look and see who reviewed a particular episode that's how i missed these and uh he messaged us on facebook and i that's what I, how i found these so The first review was from the Slash's Snake Pit albums unleashed, and the second one was from the Ask Us Anything episode.
2: Nice that's very cool man i love the fact that we can reach rock and rollers all over the entire planet with this show we do and that's important to us you know you guys are important to us the people that support what we do whether it be being a geek of the week or leaving us reviews it's so important you know and we talk about that on new noise that's why you're getting weekly new noise episodes now because you guys mean a lot to us you supported us all you've ever asked from us is a little bit more and so that's what we're starting to do we're giving you new noise every single week now to go along with the actual episodes and so you know what you guys deserve it thank you for the reviews and the recommendations if you guys want to help us out and you haven't done it yet hit them up right now apple podcast reviews you can leave us one there facebook recommendations we like them a lot you're gonna find new podcasts that you like when you check out pod chaser speaking of that We are a part of Pantheon Podcast. It's a proud thing. It means a lot to us to be a part of it because Pantheon's a company that went out and gathered up all the best music podcasts from all over the world, put them all under one umbrella and said, hey, here you go. These are the best. We're going to save you time. If you're looking for a new podcast, whether it's about rock or any other type of music you might like, you're going to find it at Pantheon. So go to Pantheon.com, peruse their roster. You know they're the best. We're there, right? That's I think that's how it works. We're amongst the best. We're a part of the pantheon. So, if you want to find other quality podcasts just like the Decibel Geek Podcast, it's the only place to start. Yes, sir. So, you want to tell people about the big sale you got going on?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, if you're hearing this before Memorial Day, um, I have a fifty percent off uh, offer for the Rock and Pod Retreat going on July twenty third in Nashville. So basically, 50 bucks gets you in, and uh, you'll get to go to the sessions in the morning, you'll get to go to the Musicians' Hall of Fame tour, guided tour, and then uh, come to the concert with Power Slave and Rock United that night. So uh, go to rockandpod.com, get all the details on who's going to be speaking, and we're going to be announcing some new speakers in the next couple of days and some some people I'm pretty excited about. So yeah, that that's going on, rockandpod.com.
2: Right on, and most importantly, you can come to Nashville and hang out with us. It's going to be an yes. awesome time. Plus, you get all that extra stuff. And Chris is giving you a great deal right now. Why wouldn't you want to come? RockinPod.com, man. Get on it. Geeks of the week, man. Couldn't do it without them. These are people that take last week's episode and they get out in the Twitterverse and the Facebook world and they share it and they retweet it. They help us get the word out. Man, we got a big list this week, man. Everybody loves when we show the world Even though Headbangers Ball is gone, even though you can't go to your grocery store and buy a hit parader, even though you can't turn on your radio and hear great music anymore that you haven't heard a million times already, you've got us. When it comes to the Radio Sucks radio show, we always do our best not to let you down by searching out the best music that you may not be hearing, and it's always nice to know that that's appreciated.
0: Yeah, so the Geeks of the Week this week are uh, combined of the Radio Sucks radio show, and we started doing new noise Weekly to cover rock news, so this is Geeks of the Week for both of those episodes. That's why I've got a hell of a list here.
2: Some of these probably twice, huh?
0: Yeah, well, I, I, I I condensed it down as much as I could. All right, Geeks of the Week this week are Adam Cox, Rock and Ron Runyon, Pantheon Podcast, Brent Tibbetts, Shameless, Kenny Knight, Shane Aber, Steve Libby, David Glenn, Mark Alden Taylor, Mark and Jerry VS Sessions, Freeform Rock Podcast, Bill Elam, Matt Porter, Big Bushy, Power Hour, Sit and Spin with Joe. <laughs> <sighs> Tom Gregory, Mike Parnell, Lulu's Cannon, Bakery Podcast, Aaron Baker, Chad Grant, Jeffrey Mendenhall, Lost Circus, Kevin Williams, Ray Coon, Matt Ashcraft, John Phillips, Shay Hargett, Jason Worden, Simon Cat, Kristen Schimbeck, David Cathy. Will Honeycutt Joseph Capone, Scott Crouch, Hawk on Bergstad, Doug Fox, Tom Smoke, Belmondo, James McElhenny, Ernesto Aguiar, Ladio, Jay Shablouski, Jeff Taylor, In Obscuria Podcast, Steve Monmouth, Wood Design, Torpedo Head, Mikhail Burrell, Gregory Muse, Kevin's on Fire, Keith Rockford, and as always, The, the Mooger. Mooger Fooger. Fooger.
2: That's right, those are our people. The ones we love so much because they take the time to let their friends know what we got going on here at the Decibel Geek Podcast. That is a whole lot of rocking and a whole lot of talking about rock and roll. That's what we love to do. You guys love it when we do it. It all works out pretty good. So today, I'm ready to get into it. We did this before. It was pretty cool. We wanted to try it again because we never know what album... We're going to get when it comes to on assignment. So why don't we go ahead and bring in our guest and talk all about it.
0: Yeah. Welcoming to the show, Dennis Talbot from the ages of rock podcast. I think this is the first solo appearance you've made on the podcast. So uh, welcome. Welcome.
4: Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. I think this is the first time we've been on there. All th- maybe two of us or three of us. I can't remember. It's been so long ago, but uh, no, you contacted me the other day about this. And so, I'm sorry, but I'm probably going to wreck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it was the funniest thing, because whenever you, you said that, the first, because I, I think I typed to you, well, let me think about this. This is tough. But in the back of my mind, I was like, I know what I'm going to say. <laughs> and then whenever I brought up the album, I, I, I texted, and I talked to Bill and Alan, the other co-hosts of the Ages of Rock podcast, and I said, uh, I said I'm said i going to be on the... Uh, on Chris and Aaron show, I said, "Guess I got to pick a record. Go which one?" <laughs> Alan knew what it was right off the bat. Right. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, so I'm gonna. So I brought up the New England, uh, the debut album, this, the self titled from 1979. 1979, yes. Wow.
0: So you know, interesting choice. And I gotta wonder if this does this album like hold a special place in your heart from childhood, or, or like what's your history with this record?
4: i see i'm guessing i was thinking about it the other day when i first when we t- first started talking about this I, I know i bought it at sears at evansville i, I was on a trip getting my, my braces adjusted and i believe i saw the uh don't ever want to lose you video on don Kirshner rock concert probably the week before or something like that and just absolutely the you know, we, we, you know, we, me and my buddy, we, you know, we, we'd always, he'd stay at my house or I'd stay at his house and we'd watch it every weekend, you know. And I remember just the video, I, the song was catchy. I liked the guitar work in it. I liked the keyboards in it, synthesizers. And I'm like, I just I fell in love with it. And I brought it home. And it's one of those ones that either, it's a, it's a love hate album. I, most of my friends didn't like it. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of, but I listened to this album just over and over. I, I just thought it was a great album. You know, like I said, there was some other, they made a couple of other videos and then, you know, and I bought it before I knew that there was any, you know, there's about three uh, kiss mm-hmm. kind of th- that works with this, you know, with the, you know, bill of coin. I didn't realize that Dave was their manager did not know that Paul Stanley, you know, produced and helped them actually sang background on that song. And then, of course, then afterwards, uh, when the band kind of fell apart, they actually, uh, when I think it was, who was it, uh, John Fannin left. Then they got together with Vinny and started a band called Warrior, and then Vinny, right before Vinny went to KISS. So it was kind of a project that never really got going. So there's three things, you know, that's kind of tacked on to KISS, which, you know, I was a huge KISS fan, but didn't know at the time when I first found, you know, fell in love with these guys this record is basically a one hit <laughs> i mean it's sick you know that they, they had a couple more albums but they never really went off the ground and they just kind of disappeared
0: but, yeah well yeah. to me i mean i i didn't know about this record until uh i was uh w- we had hirsch gardner lined up for you know i had hirsch lined up for one of the vinnie vincent specials very early in the show i think it was before aaron even came on board uh, that i interviewed yep. hirsch and I, so i wanted to do my research and i was like oh so this band new england and that's when i found out about the kiss connection and everything and um you know he told some good stories about that and uh but like you know i think aaron and i both got into the you know were aware of them way later than their heyday so yeah. it's it's interesting to get your perspective as somebody who knew it when it was brand new um which is going to probably color our opinions of things on this but uh I, I'm not. I will say, I you know, I haven't really done a deep dive into this record until this past week. So, it's uh, it's been interesting to go through it, and it has grown on me over the time um, that I've been listening to it. But uh, it was it it's pretty much a brand new record to me for the most part, other than a couple. I mean, don't ever want to lose you was kind of the one hit off the record. But we'll get into a track by track discussion on this. But obviously, I mean, the pedigree of the band. It's pretty damn strong i mean you know, obviously you've got the, the paul stanley connection and then also the the vinnie connection but also you know jimmy and gary go on to, to play with alcatraz you know so right there's uh there's some great you know musical history here and then you know hirsch is a great guy he was one of the favorite interviews i've ever done but uh and an amazing drummer which we'll get into with the uh, record review but i don't know aaron when did new england come on your radar
2: I was in a record store probably maybe three or four years ago and was just kind of perusing through stuff and found the New England CD and I was like, oh yeah, there's a KISS connection here somehow. And so I thought, well, you know what, I'm going to get it. The thing that scared me was when I got the CD up to the counter, there was a woman working there and she was like... Oh, New England, and I was like, uh (laughs) uh-oh, what is this going to be? (laughs) What was kind of cool is that the CD I got is a 1998 reissue that came out on Renaissance Records, which is right up the road here in Franklin, Tennessee which is pretty interesting so then i took it home cool. i think i listened to it a couple of times went eh, you know just like a lot of albums you know you got so many of them it's just kind of you listen to it and either it drives you wild or you just move on you know and that was one kind of like the last time we did on assignment mm-hmm. with uh, marvelous three brought it home maybe listened to it a couple of times ended mm-hmm. up in the collection you know and never to be listened to again so when chris told me this is the one we were doing i was like you know what, I think I got that on CD. So then I went to the boxes and found the ends and dug in there, and I was like, sure, shit, I got this. So I've been jamming on it all week, and it's really the first time I really, 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 truly gave it a chance, I think. So I appreciate that. You gave me an excuse to pull this album out and really give it a good listen.
4: That's cool. That is cool. I like the fact that it is is new for you guys in a way, you know, so it's not something that... Kind of like with me, you know. I've known this album for years, yeah. And um, and it was one of those things where, you know, I played it a lot as a kid, and then it kind of, like you said, it got lost in the in the rounds. I never, I never had a CD of it. I had a record, you know. So, and I was showing Chris this earlier. I have five copies of this album.
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> Five. I was gonna, so, yeah. I was gonna brag about me having a promo copy of this, and then Dennis pulls out five copies of the damn thing.
4: And 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 the funny. I'll just tell you the quick story behind that. I was the first time that I met Rich Kosack from Mr. Speed was in Nashville. I didn't even know who he was at that point. I, Alan had been talking to him, and but he, he had this album and he was carrying this album you know around. He was going through the bins and he, he was going to buy it. I'm like New England. I said I love that album. I said I've got a I've got a couple of copies of. That same one at home he goes but he goes dude he goes i got like 20 of them he says <laughs> he goes he goes i'm just like a i find these like dogs and i rescue them. it says every time i see one they're usually two bucks and he goes i can't let them sit there i got to take it home wow. and then i got to talk and i got to be the same way once i started getting back into albums again i find these things for two bucks a dollar two. and i'm like so i'm trying to I've been trying to Frankenstein me the best copy that I can with the best cover and the best insert. (laughs) But, you know, it's one of those things where if it's a decent shape album, you don't want two bucks. What the heck? I'm just going to pick it up. Right. And then, like I said, I went to uh, the Kiss Convention in the last one in in Indianapolis. And Rich was up there again. And that's when Hirsch Gardner was actually there. And Rich has spent some time with those guys. He's kind of, I don't know, become friends with them. I mean, real good friends. And, uh, so he was with, he actually was in an interview, um, interview Hirsch on stage that day. And he's like, why don't you come up and help me? I'm like, dude, no, you need to take care of this. But I did, I did spend some time though. We sit back here, just him, me and him and and Hirsch and, and just talking and stuff. And it was really cool to meet him. And they actually played two songs on stage. Uh, I think Mark Slaughter got up and helped play guitar with him. He never, he didn't play drums though. He sang. It was kind of odd. I was hoping he played drums but they did uh don't ever want to lose you and i can't remember it was one of the odd songs one of the that you don't really you wouldn't think that they would do Mm -hmm. or maybe it was alone tonight i don't remember but anyway it was was really cool though that's cool
0: yeah it hurts a great drummer
4: yeah oh yeah oh yeah
0: But yeah, so like, as we mentioned, you know, Discovered by Bill Coyne, this was another one of the the bands that he put out. And then it, you know, produced with Paul Stanley, also with um, Mike Stone, who worked with Queen and Asia and a lot of other bands. Um, The thing, you might know this, Dennis, because I don't know, like, because obviously Jimmy, Hirsch, and Gary went on to other things. But like, you never hear much about John Fannin. Did he do anything of note after New England?
4: You know, that I don't know. I do know that they have got together and they've done some reunion shows, and he still sounds good. I mean, I've, that actually doesn't sound too bad. If you go on YouTube, you, you could find a few of those shows. Um, yeah, because that's the thing about this album
2: is John Fannin really is the band when it comes to writing mm-hmm, the songs and sure. everything. Like, he writes all the songs, and and they're all him. Right. You know? So it's it's kind of like... It's a band, but it could easily just be him because he
4: writes and does everything. Yeah, I mean, really, I don't... You know, going through... I'm just kind of... You know, I've got the Wikipedia thing up here. Just kind of going through it. But, yeah, they really never mention, you know, he leaves, and then the other three go, you know, and start that start Warrior with Vinny. Mm-hmm. But other than that, they really don't talk much about him. And, and he doesn't even have his own page, so he's it's- not...
0: It's surprising, though, because he's a very talented cat. you yeah. know, Great writer, good singer, good guitar playing. and Because um, mm-hmm.
2: you could have seen him go on to do, like, a Michael Bolton type thing, sure. you know, where he could have been, like, a heartthrob kind of in the 80s, Mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. with some of these love
4: songs that he writes. Yeah. no, yeah. He had the look, and, the, and, he's, and he's got the ability. I'm like you. I'm surprised he just didn't go. You know, maybe he just got a bad taste in his mouth from you know from falling through the cracks with this band you know who knows maybe Uh, that's
2: our new white whale we got to find this guy and figure out where he is
0: get a john fannin interview Uh uh-huh that john fannin special volume five (laughs) 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 he'll learn to
2: hate us
0: (laughs) we'll do a fake interview for april fool's day
2: Dennis will be yeah, the only right. one like you sons of bitches.
4: Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I took all Damn. work for this, you asshole.
4: <laughs> I fell for it. Sucked in too funny. Yeah, oh fun.
0: man. So we want to get into the songs and uh share sure. our our grades and our thoughts on these things.
4: All right. Sure.
0: All right. So it opens up with hello, hello, hello. Um Dennis, you're kind, you're more of the expert on this band than we are. So, like, what what do you think when you hear this uh, this title this this off track?
4: Well, I, I, I we talk about on our show a lot of times the sequencing of an album, mm-hmm. and I think this one here it has a good sequencing. Just you know, just for the track fact of you know you're starting out with hello, 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 and then your last song is encore. You know, it's kind of there. You go. It's you know, it opens the book and shuts the book. Um, I, I like this song. It's one of those ones that's it doesn't it doesn't grab you by the by the nads at the very beginning, like you know, like Bill's Bill's thing is always, you know, he wants that first song to catch him and hook him and then he'll stay with it. You know, I think that's why Bill doesn't get into this album. It's a little different. You know, it's got the scent you've got the scent it's it's kind of a this band here reminds me more of an Asia type type situation. Mm -hmm. And some people just don't like that, you know. But it it I like Like I said, there's not a bad song on this album to me. To be honest to me, I have some favorites, but I like the song. There's nothing wrong with it. It's a good. I think it's a good opener.
2: start off by premising this as when i do these i don't like to give out a's or f's because a's are something i don't think you can just throw around and f's are something i think you really need to deserve man this song starts playing and i go uh oh <laughs> i don't know if i'm gonna like this because it starts out with the keyboards which i mean it's it's the end of the yeah. 70s you know that's a big experimental thing at the time, and but looking back on it now, some of those keyboards from the late seventies, early eighties, kind of they don't hold up anymore because they come off as kind of casio you know, kind of cheesy,
4: kind of Calliope sound. A lot of them, right, you
2: know? yeah, and so yeah. like, and I agree mm. with Alan on that. Where man, I don't think this should have been the main track. You know, this this one could have been buried in there somewhere because it seems like out of all the songs on here they start out with the song I feel like might be one of the most filler songs on the album which would have been better to kind of tuck that away somewhere but being that what it is I mean it's it's kind of Yacht Rocky a little bit it kind of feels like am gold a little and it's almost got like a little Beatle thing going on in there but man the keyboard overkill on it kind of wrecks it for me I like an album with a strong punch and grab you too I hope you don't hate me at the end of this, but I got to give this song... I got to give this song a D. <laughs> I'm going to give it a D.
0: A D. Ooh. So, for, for me, you know, I have to kind of view this album through a different lens. Um, not because, like, everybody hears the Kiss the Kiss connection with Paul Stanley and like, oh, well, let's compare it to Kiss. That's not, it's not a fair thing to do with this record or this band. Um, you have to view it kind of on its own. I will say because we're doing Giving Grades, I almost wanted to fail this record for one thing because I thought they were cheating off ELO's homework.
4: Yeah. There is some cl- very similar similar stuff on here. I mean, major. I noticed that the other day. I was listening to it going, man, I didn't realize that that, <laughs> that is an ELO. Well, awesome
0: and career. I think <laughs> my overall opinion of this record is... And like this is also one of those bands. They're talented. They yeah. can good. They can write good songs. There's good musicianship. There's good singing. There, like everything you would need to be successful. But at the same time, I think it suffers from them trying to be other bands. And I think, and and some of the songs are good songs, but they don't stack up to overtake some of the bands that they might have been influenced by. But that's not a shot at them. It's just the way I view it. Um, for this song i immediately hear beatles like a or like a cross between elo and cheap trick when i when i hear the opener um and i you know I've, i'm gonna go off my notes the synthesizer slash keyboard is distracting yeah. it's uh, it's so high in yes. the mix um the harmonies the, 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 the has some really nice lush harmonies it's got a good melody the musicianship is good uh and you know and i'll go back to this a lot um Gary, is a gary Shays the bass player right so i uh, his yep. bass yep. playing on this record is phenomenal Oh, and, it's and,
2: amazing
0: and there's a lot of moments where you can hear him high in the mix and you're like damn that's really good yeah um and the keyboard solo was a good solo but it's like damn i'd want to hear that transposed to a guitar you know and i think it would it would make the song better yeah. um i do like the song and if I've, i have to view this record differently from a hard rock kiss style record so to me i would give this a b minus that that that's my grade for this one
2: yeah because if you're looking at it as you know paul stanley produced this so it's going to be a hard rock and kiss type record Mm -hmm. probably think of it more in 1979 like these are the songs i wish i could do that gene and ace won't let me (laughs) (laughs) like someday kiss is going to have a keyboardist damn it all right But other than that, you know, when you talk about like on the whole production-wise, this album's got really strong production because there's some spots in there, and it makes sense that that Mike Stone did a lot of stuff with Queen prior to this Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of that epic. Boy, I don't even know how to describe it. It's got like that over-the-top kind of production to it. The overall quality of sound on this album, it's a plus, man. it the sound quality is excellent on it. Mm-hmm. And, like you said, I like the way sometimes the bass comes a little stronger, and sometimes the guitars come a little stronger, mm-hmm. and the keyboards are strong through most of it. But there's a lot of up and down in it that I like production wise, where like this comes right. through and then falls back, and then that comes through and then that falls back, you know, things like that. Little things they were doing in the studio back then that may have right. been cutting edge for the time, you know, so. Thumbs up to Paul Stanley and Mike Stone for production on this whole thing. It's excellent.
4: Yeah, the thing, and the thing too, real quick. You know, on the keyboards, it is like you said. This, this guitar, this, this album is super duper keyboard heavy. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. I mean, big time. Um, it reminds me of like bands like Jafria and stuff like that, or that, that are just that they were heavy keyboard bands. So this, you're, you just got to expect that. You know, and like I said, it's, it's. I'm like you. the, the bass playing in this is. Phenomenal, guitar playing is phenomenal, everything's great. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like you they could back yeah. that synthesizer back. So
0: <laughs> But it was sign of the times, I guess. I mean, yeah, that, I mean the, it the, is. That was a popular thing at the time.
2: Right. And to exactly. be fair, the dude is a hell of a keyboardist. Oh, oh yeah. sure.
0: There's nothing yeah, wrong Jimmy, with it. Jimmy is a talented <laughs> cat. Um so um what would your letter grade be for this first track, Dennis?
4: It would probably be <sighs> I'm like you. It's not the best song on the album. I would I would give it a C Ooh, well, yeah,
0: C+. Oh, I, I gave it a higher grade than you, and you're yeah. the aficionado. Wow. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, move to the uh, to the big single off the record. Don't ever want to lose you, which is uh, the 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 big hit off the record that most people know. Uh, I'll go first. I, I can easily see why it was picked as the single. I think it's definitely one of the more right. radio friendly tunes on the record. Uh, the guitar riff is very strong, but it does get drowned out by the keyboards. And also, uh, Hirsch Gardner's drums are way high in the mix on this. So I think uh, Hirsch might have been one of the band leaders at the time. Um, if the keys weren't there, I think this song could have easily been a Cheap Trick song. It sounds so much like something Cheap Trick would have done. Um, and then the it's got that trippy middle part with the flange effect all over the vocals, which is, which is interesting, very 70s. And um, great guitar solo, um, but to me, I, I like this song. I think it's one of the, the more redeemable songs on the record. I gave this one a B plus.
2: their big hit but was it really a big hit
0: oh it wasn't a big
4: hit for them it was it went big t- it went to number 40 yeah on the, okay. on the billboards that's the one because
2: yeah, i I'd, I'd never heard it before i know it was the single yeah. but never heard it before actually listening to the cd Yeah, you know, chris is right i agree with everything he said on it you know it's got a really cool guitar intro on it that kind of fades into keyboards in a cool way it's super poppy but it's a good song. It's well-written. It's really catchy. It's a really catchy song. This is one you kind of, you know, whether you know what you're listening to or not. If you, if you just played this for somebody, I think they'd probably dig it. You know, it's it's pretty good. I gave the first one a D. We're going to step up. I'm going to give this one a C. Yeah,
4: I can give it. I mean, I, I love this song. Um, I think it's, I'm like you, I, I just love the guitar riff in it. it. And like I said, it's super catchy, super hooky. You know, it catches you right off the bat. For me, like I said, and and, it, and for and for to be a hit, to it's almost six minutes long. It's yeah. five and I think five minutes thirty forty seconds, I guess. So it's it's a long song. Um, there again, you know, like we talk about, and we could probably say this on every song. The keyboard needs to be cranked back just a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> but I do, I I think it's a well done song. The video for it's really cool. And you know, like you said, that flange thing is kind of goofy, kind of seventies. But that you know, at that time, it 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 sounded cool. But you know, and it comes in that ripping guitar, you know, solo comes in after yeah. that fact. And and uh, no, I, I I like that song a lot. And uh, it's probably it's not my favorite song on the album, but it's close. But I give it I give that one probably a B plus. Yeah, I think my it's bad. pretty good. It's a pretty good song.
0: All right, so then we go to. P U N K, which stands for Puny Undernourished Kid.
2: All right. Now we're talking.
0: Well, I will say there's nothing punk about this song, but uh no. <laughs> I, I think it's uh it's a lot more in the new wave vibe. And it, you know, this is like I said, another thing where this this album kind of suffers from them trying to keep up with certain other bands. Uh I think they're doing it. It's got a good chord progression, good vocals. Um, the synth effect kind of reminds me of, uh, riding the storm out by, uh, REO Speedwagon with the whole, like, uh, you know, sound alarm thing going off. Uh, it's another one I could do without the keyboard parts, but I, and I'd probably love it a lot more without it. Uh, the, this one, I only gave it, gave it a C wow, grade.
2: Wow. See, this is the first song on the album where I kind of perked up was like, okay, now here we go. You know, this song actually kind of cooks a little bit. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Maybe they should have opened the album with this one. You know, I think it would have been a That'd little be bit better because it it's would it got a little more kick to it. The song, I don't know, I like this one the best so far because it's like, yeah, the keyboard is still pretty powerful in it, but in this song, it's almost like a second guitar. You know, if you listen to, like, the guitar solo and, like, the breakdown, the keyboard breakdown right before the guitar solo, they find a way to make it where they're on an even kind of playing field with a guitar and the keyboard in this one and you know what it's funny your grade drops down mine goes up i give this song a b
4: yeah i agree with both you guys on this stuff um as far as you know being a one guitar band you know they they do use the keyboard this time around on this song in a better way i mean it is still heavy but you know using it as another guitar playing the same riff together i think that was really cool um, I'm trying to remember, and I just was trying to look it up, but I can't find it right now. There was a second video for this on this album. I don't remember if it was Punk or if it was Shoot, and I, I can't remember. I think it was Punk that they had the other video for, and it was really cool. But I, I can't find it now. I can, but anyway. Um, but no, I, I do like this song a lot too. Um, it's it's you know you're coming out of that first you know that first song is kind of draggy, and then you got you know don't ever want to lose you is a solid song. Punk knocks it you know another just another hit to you so yeah I, I do i do like this song a lot um it's not there's some there's some odd lyrics on it it's kind of goofy yeah and uh you know it kind of just catches it weird but no i'll i it's I got three three of my favorite songs on this and this this is one of the other ones I like a lot too. I think it's really
2: cool. Yeah, there's a line in this song where it's something about like everything he's doing is rhyming and it's got a good flow to it and then he and then he <laughs> says something about you better change your diet and it doesn't rhyme with anything he said up to this point. And so it just kinda like hits you funny. It's like every okay, that it's flowing, it's flowing, it's flowing and stop. You know, like wait, that doesn't fit there. But they went with it anyway, yeah, you know, that's I guess it is punk. That's a punk ass thing to do.
0: Yeah. Yes.
4: Is some odd lyrics on there, but
2: and again, too. You know, sometimes we talk about these bands that never really made it as far as you'd think that they would have, and a lot of times I find is that it's hard to pin down the band within the album. Like, what kind of band are you? Are you a rock band? Are you a ballad band? Are you am? Are you yacht rock? What are you, you know? And starting off this album with these first three songs, you start out with kind of the slow. I don't know, I don't want to even call it slow because it's still kind of upbeat, but the hello, hello, hello is kind of weird. And then you go into the really poppy, really catchy don't ever want to lose you, and then you go into this more rocking, kind of chugging song, and it's three very different songs by one band kicking off this album, and the rest of the album really kind of keeps going like that. It's like, It's almost like a different band on every song
4: you know that might have been their demise too because you know you can't really classify it you know you're not gonna Mm -hmm. you're not gonna get the heavy guys they're gonna they're gonna they're not gonna like the pop type stuff then you're gonna get people that maybe like the the easier sounding songs are gonna they're gonna say punk kind of that's a stupid song you know and it's so it's
3: Mm
4: -hmm. maybe they went too too far to each spectrum you know on this album who knows
2: if you hear "Don't Ever Want to Lose You" as the single and go, okay, you know, I think I like this. You know, it's poppy, it's catchy. Sure. You know, and I like that. And then you get it, and then you hear punk, and you go, well, I don't like that. That's not that's not <laughs> nothing like I, what I thought this album was going to be.
0: Right? Yeah. I think it. It you know, speaking of another Kiss connection, um, you know, Wicked Lester had the same issue. It was like them yeah. trying to ch- chase down whatever people liked and you know if you have every song sounds like a different band then that's not going to help you as far as success goes you know it, it it's an interesting time stamp and album to listen to because of the you can like hear the late 70s on this record with what they what the influences they pulled from to do it um and you know and then uh, the next song shall i run away is another one where it's uh it it's got really good slide guitar playing and the acoustic musical bed but this sounds, to me, this sounds like sticks with a less flamboyant singer. You know, it, it's it's almost progressive rock uh, on right. this one. Um, I don't think there's anything necessarily bad about this song, but it just kind of sits there for me. It doesn't really take off to me. I think this is this is definitely a filler track to me. This got one of the lower grades on my uh, list. I gave this one a C-. Hmm
2: actually didn't know how to feel about this one because again you know if you look at the first three songs and then you look at track four which is shall i run away completely different than everything else this one it's yeah. ballady i got more of a like a bowie kind of space rock kind of kind of a mm-hmm. feeling off of it. it's trippy and it's got really cool guitars but there's weird stuff going on with the keyboards again the bass and the drums Just take my word on every single song on this. The bass and the drums are outstanding on every single track on here, and this one especially. But yeah, weird, trippy song, kind of like I said, Bowie-ish, out there, like outer space type rock tune. But I did not like it. I think it's pretty good. I'm gonna give it a C.
4: Yeah, it's it is definitely a ballad. (laughs) It's it's still cool. It's cool, but it it is a good song. In it, I'm like. I'm kind of like Chris, I don't think it it doesn't really it doesn't shine but it's but it is a good song and I I I I don't skip it. You know, I'll listen to it cuz there's some cool parts to it. You know, it, but it's mm-hmm. just I'm like you, it it is a it is a kind of a cheesy sticks kind of lower grade sticks type song and it's kind of um I don't know, but yeah. he's got a great voice and and going back to what you were saying earlier too I never really paid as much attention to the bass as I did this this week listening to it, and yeah. it's like every song. It's like, damn, yeah. he's tearing it up. He's you know, doing
0: he, a lot of cool stuff. Like yeah. I said, he's
4: adding a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of to the songs. I I'd give it. This is a this is a a low C for me. Like I said, it just doesn't go. It's not the best slow song on the album, put that way. Because there's
0: a all, right. <laughs> all right. So then uh, we go to Alone Tonight, and uh, my first note on this: the bass playing on this song is incredible. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and uh, I I love the guitar riff on this one. It, and this is me really going out on a limb but it sounds kind of like what the Beatles probably could have sounded like if they had stayed together and dabbled into the hard rock movement like it's it's one of those things where it sounds like them trying to pick up on it and I also do hear Aaron as you said some kind of David Bowie Ziggy Stardust era stuff well, especially with the vocals on this one um, this is one of my more favorite songs on the record I gave this one a B plus
2: One of my favorites, too. It's got killer guitars on it. The solo is outstanding. The guitar solo is just outstanding on this song. The vocals are great. This is a perfect example of what I was talking about, about the epic style, the bombast of somebody that's done Queen records before, bringing that knowledge and putting it on what you're doing. And it does. This song has got a real boom to it. And like you said, you know, this song really, really showcases how good the bass player is in this band. Because there's spots where the keyboards and the guitars kind of go down, and you can hear the bass in behind. And it's like any moment that that guy's got that isn't holding together the song, it's you know, something going on like that <laughs> in between. And it's like you listen to that, and it's like wow, that's cool, wow, that's cool, like, holy shit, what was that, you know? And it's like, it just kind of pops up, and then it goes away, and then it pops up, and it goes away. But, man, the bass playing on that song is just outstanding.
4: Yeah, I agree with you on that. And I think this is a good song to end the first side. You know, if you're listening to it on an album, it's a good, it makes you want to flip the album over. You know, if, if you had some some spots and say, the first song, or, the, the well, Shall I Run Away, you're like, you know, do I flip it? <laughs> well, this song would make you flip it, you know. Yeah. Uh same deal. I like I mean, these guys are like I said, every one of them are first class players. You know, like I said, mm-hmm. the bass line's incredible in that. There again, the keyboard is way too loud in this in the mix, but it fits, you know, and then they're doing some more a mm-hmm. little bit more of the two guitar the guitar and the keyboard together in the song too. But and like I said, the vocals are incredible. It's to me, it's a solid beat. Yeah, that's what it's I a, give it's it. It's a good song. And it's, good. it's a good ending for the good ending for the record it's, a, it's, it's
0: kind of it, it's almost like uh they're such good musicians it's like they they want to be a pop band so bad but they're so such good musicians yeah that they almost might have been better served doing progressive stuff and like really just letting it fly you know because they're good enough to do it
2: for the bagels and they go whoa what are you doing don't don't do that i can't help it you know the keyboardist is going nuts he's like no stop that's too i can't help myself and then you got Hirsch back there just tearing up the drums and laying all these killer fills in between everything and like no no guys this is all too much for these songs i've written and they're like i'm sorry man we can't stop ourselves from doing it we're too damn good
0: yeah they're like a they're a they're a progressive band disguised as a pop band yeah (laughs) that's that's kind of a way to put it (laughs) yeah
2: i could see that
0: so uh you flip the record over and then it opens up with nothing to fear and this is my favorite song on the record um Uh it's uh it's it takes you on a real trip you know it's like it's got kind of sticks vibes with the intro and um the orchestral swells during the chorus kind of bother me a little bit but melodically the song is really strong and you know hirsch's drums are just gigantic on this song uh the double guitar solo is great and then to me the thing that really makes this song kind of elevate above the rest is midway through the song they introduce a completely different riff and it's the best riff on the record the da yeah. Dana I, I fucking love that riff and I was like I'd love to hear that song done live some cover band needs to do that song live but uh, I gave this one an A I, this is my favorite wow. song on the record
2: yeah, I didn't it didn't do that to me.
0: <laughs> this is why we're different.
2: <laughs> I found it to be a little keyboard overkill. I mean, there's there's some cool stuff going on in there, just like all these songs. I mean, there's moments of greatness in every one of these, and the dude's an amazing singer, and it really showcases on this song. But again, to me this is like I don't know. I don't know. Is this Sean Cassidy? I mean, it's it, Sean just, Cassidy. it wow. kind of oh, it's, no. a lot of this stuff seems <laughs> like
3: on. it's just
2: it's just too sugary, just too sugary for me. I could hear this stuff and played along with things like that on like a, a AM station in the '70s that was playing a lot of the stuff we call yacht rock nowadays. I think I like that. That could have been <laughs> something too, you know. I mean, if you these guys could have been that. I did my you know? radio
4: show, you know. I got the, I had the. To... Yeah, he's even got the Captain and Tennille hat. <laughs> yeah, I got the captain. Exactly,
2: hat. <laughs> yeah, Captain and Tennille type. This, you sh- can play that captain. right after. We got Captain Ten- <laughs> <laughs> That was Captain and Tennille. You know, love will keep With us together. Muscle. And yeah. uh, up next, we've got Nothing to Fear by, by mm. New England. You know, and then it's like I hear songs like this, and I was like, oh, that's why that lady at the record store almost wet herself when I showed her this <laughs> album.
4: Give it a D. I can't take you it. Give it a wow. D. Damn! Oh man, we differ greatly on this one. Wow. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with Chris on this one. I this is this is one of my favorite songs on the album, if not the favorite. Uh, lyrically, it's fantastic. Uh, vocally, it's fantastic. I, and like you said, I, I like the way you put that. It is a journey. It actually kind of has a story to it. Um, that that breakdown too in the middle. That guitar different riff is. Kick ass! I just, I just, I smile when I hear this song. I, I really like it. Like you said, it's a very <clears throat> sticks kind of at the very beginning. You know, starts off that way and then kicks in. No, I, I love this song. It's I'm gonna well have to go
2: listen to that again. I must have
4: oh. missed something. I don't know. Yeah, I give it an a too.
0: Start it midway through and we'll just, just go halfway. Go you. I think you'll like it. You'll like it. Trust more. me, it'll get better. <laughs> Is that... Well, that riff really takes it to a different level, and they just kind of jam out on it for a while, and just like, yeah. I'm just like bopping my head to It's like, damn, that's a fucking mm. good riff. Um, but yeah, I, I love that. So then that goes to sh- the song Shoot, and my first note on this song was, if Deep Purple and Cheap Trick had a baby. I- that's <laughs> what this song sounds like to me. Um, it does. It's, uh, it's not one of my favorites on the record. It's a decent song, but it, it does feel like those guys kind of chasing something else. Um, and again, the keyboards distract a lot from what could have been a good straight ahead rock song. I just gave this one a C. I, I, I like the idea behind it, but I don't think they executed it very well. Wow. And you love this one, right?
2: Favorite song on the album.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is why we do the show, though, right? <laughs>
2: guitar the drums and the bass are cooking it's got a killer solo even the keyboards are cool on this it's a hard rocker i think it's my favorite song on the album i give this one a high b man i like it
0: that's why we do this
2: (laughs) this song cooks man i love it
4: if it wouldn't be for that that silly kind of siren sound by the keyboard i'd give it an a that kind of bothers me a little Mm. bit um but the uh, song itself though it's a solid beat i mean like you said it's it kicks in it's it's the hardest rocker of the album you yeah. know period and you know coming out of that first song you, you it kind of gets you set in the mood and then the song just comes in you know kicks you in the wahoo and you know, it's like okay you know <laughs> but i do and i do see that that keyboard's kind of got that grindy kind of uh, uh, um, highway star kind of yeah. kind of keyboard to it, you know i can see that very much yeah, something tells me that
0: John Lord was a big influence on. Uh, <laughs> I was
2: gonna say that. Jimmy. That's how I like my keyboards most of the time, John Lord style.
0: Yeah, it's almost like another guitar.
4: Yeah. When it's when it's done that way, it is. It is. Yeah. It is. Great song. But no, I, it is a good song. So yeah, it's a solid B for me.
0: Cool. So then we go to turn out the light, and my my first note on this, which referencing what Aaron said before, straight up AM Gold yeah. intro. Uh, this could be from any number of seventies artists like Harry Nilsson and that type yeah. of stuff. This really, is, this song is definitely a sign of the times, but I, in the, I will say, cause like I mentioned, I do love yacht rock. I, I like that type of stuff. So if you're in the right mood, I, I'll go back to this song because I like the laid back sentimental vibe of it. Um, but it's, there's no doubt it's a sappy, sappy song. Um, the guitar solo is great. I do like that one. I did give it a B, and I know Aaron gave it probably way lower than that. But <laughs> I, this in the right mood, I will definitely will go back to this song and listen to wow. it again.
2: What is this, Kenny Laguns?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> La <Guns. laughs> no, it's David yeah, Leroy. No, it ain't that. <laughs> Yeah, man. Again, who is this band? What are they? What are they supposed to be? I mean, you come from "Shoot," yeah. which is just a kick-ass rock song, to this. and then you got songs on here that are like '70s glam, '70s like glitter glam kind of rock songs, and
4: it's a roller coaster. You know, I
2: just you got the poppy, radio-friendly songs, and you got songs like this. It's like, who are these guys? You know, this is the most schizophrenic band i think i've ever listened to in my life you know there's they're different on every single song yeah
4: certifiable i mean it's got a
2: beautiful and emotional guitar solo in it i'll give it that it's pretty killer but as far as man i don't know i gotta give it a d (laughs) it's just too cheesy for me them keyboards are too much
4: oh man wow well, unfortunately, I like cheese. Me too, <laughs> and I like yacht rock. You know, that's that's my. I mean, if I am not listening to rock, I am listening to yacht, yacht Me rock. Me too. So, I, I like this song a lot. I think it's it's the best slow song on the album, and I think the keyboards aren't overdriven that hard on this one either. It's kind of they've got it a shit together on this one. Yeah, it is. Is it is it poppy? Is it is it candy? Is it you know? It's it's every everything you said. But that's what makes it cool.
3: Can you imagine what it would be like If for just one minute I could turn up my light And go back to the day
4: This one, this fucking, this side two is a roller coaster. I mean, it's just absolutely all over the place. But no, I I give it a real high beat. It's it's a solid song for me. And, it's gotta, and you got to got to be in that mood. Yeah. You just got to be. You know, if I want to, you know, yeah,
0: I, I'm not gonna go from listening to Overkill and then go to this song. I mean, that's not
4: happening.
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> right. But again, you know, even even in that context, it's kind of tough to go from shoot to that you know
0: no it is a sure. it's a jarring transition from one song to the it's next
4: It's throwing the brakes on throwing anchor whatever you want to call yeah. it yeah it's 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 a hell of a change
0: honestly turn out the light would have been a great album closing song um i think sure uh yeah which we'll get to that one in a minute but uh, then that goes to the last show um, this one's a little odd. I, I like, I do, and then one thing I do like about, and this is something from albums from the seventies, especially that you don't get anymore, which it, nobody really listens to albums all the way through was how it segues from turn out the light into the last show. I like, I like that song segue from one into the other. It's just, I like that it's part. cool. Um, I like how it does that. Um, it kind of starts off like a Billy Joel song, which, um, is not necessarily a bad thing, but it does remind me of something that he would do the thing i like the most about this song is the guitars are finally out more in front on this song you can hear them way more and they're not drowned out by keys um i wish that was the case on the whole record it's a decent song overall and but i i still just gave it a c plus it did it didn't do a lot for me but but it's one i probably wouldn't skip if i listened to it again
2: i actually really like this i think this is one of the cooler songs on the album Hirsch Gardner, you know, give that guy an award for what he's doing on this song. The drums are just out of this world, man. The fills that guy comes up with, you know, it's, I mean, it's not Bill Ward, yeah. but I mean, it's for what he's doing. It's pretty damn cool, you know, so I think this is a guy that probably deserves more credit as being one a guy you should be talking about when you're talking about some of the best drummers that ever came out, especially talking late 70s, early 80s. I love it. You know, there's some really cool riffs on here. Again, this is a perfect example of that. Like I said, almost like a bombast. I don't know how to explain it. It's like a certain thing, like Queen had. Again, to that production that gives it yeah. that epic kind of a feel, you know, where this thing is, it's a big sound. This is another one. I ranked it pretty high. I gave it a B. And
4: I'm saying way. I give it a, a solid B too. It's it's a decent show or a decent song. Um, yeah. To me, it, it's got some. It's got more layers to it. It's a well written song. It's it's not it's not your typical just three chord kind of song. Like you say, it's got a it's got a, it's a little deeper than most of the songs on here.
2: That's the word I'm thinking of too. There's a it's a deepness to this song that a lot of the other stuff is kind of a little shallow. You know, this one's a little deeper. I like it,
4: right? And then, like with with uh, Chris said too, I do like the way that they kind of come out of that turn out the light into that. I kind of I love when they kind of mold stuff together, weave it together, where it's almost like a continu- continuum. And it, it and it doesn't yeah. and it doesn't change at it that. It's not like going from shoot to turn out the light. It's actually it's such a lot. Yeah, it's the, not. The, as the as transition's weird. a lot <laughs> smoother. You know, <laughs> it didn't just yeah. pop the clutch on this one. You know, it's actually it, it's. it's that works well good.
0: and i don't know if paul stanley was a phil specter mm. fan or maybe mike stone had had that influence but now that i think about it as we talk about this i wonder if they were trying to go for that phil Spector wall of sound type type vibe with the production on this record because as aaron said multiple times like it's got that over the top like they're trying to go for this bigness mm. especially with a lot of the keys doing the orchestral parts and right. stuff and But it's one of those things where if it's not real strings, it doesn't quite have the same impact as, you know, when you have it done on keys. So I wonder if that was something they were going for. I wonder if Paul Stanley's a Phil Spector fan. I bet he is because he liked a lot of that stuff from the 60s. But um, I get that vibe. And then we go into Encore, the last song on the record. And I think the intro reminds me a lot of Queen with the, you know, with the riffs and the... With the riff and the piano kind of going back and forth, and then of course the backing vocals have kind of a Queen meets ELO it's vibe. Severe going. ELO.
4: That's the one I was li- I was listening yeah. to. I sit under the garage going, "Damn, that is absolute." <laughs> yeah,
0: but I mean it's 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 it's, it's a good sure. song to end yeah. the record. Um, it's very dramatic uh, and it works for what it is. So I, I did give this one a B minus. I thought it was a fun song.
2: when i was putting my notes together for this queen song this could be a queen song like if queen did this song it could have been one of their big hits you know i think uh again yeah you said very dramatic very epic i think if you're a fan of queen i think you would definitely love this album because there's a lot of elements of that in here but again i guess that goes back to mike stone in the production spending all those years making Mm -hmm. queen albums Bring what he knows how to do best to this project. You know, and then Paul Stanley there. You know, I don't really there's not a whole lot of here on here I hear that I go, oh yeah, that's Paul Stanley's influence right there. But I definitely hear the guy that did Queen's albums influence on this oh, a yeah. lot. And especially in this closing song. Like I said, if if Queen did this and you got the guys from Queen doing the backing vocals and everything. I think it could have been a big hit song for that band you know and maybe i don't know maybe this could have been a better single choice for them, being that queen was so popular at that time i don't know it's it's hard to say because again you know here's another song that's way different than a lot of the other songs you've heard on here but yeah still pretty good it's all right i'll give it a c yeah
4: i like i was saying it's a good it's a good way to end the album um and like you said, the the, the queen influences are, are are big time on there. You know, you can see Freddie doing that, and then like I said, then the ELO it is just <laughs> you, could, you. If you play that little <laughs> part, over. say who is this? You know, nine out of ten people go, "That's ELO." What song is that? You know, it is. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, like I said, it's and you know, after listening to every song on this album, you know, you you don't know what to expect because you know we went from. Here to here to here to here, you know, you don't know what the hell you're gonna get. But I think it's a good way to wrap it up and and you know, like I said, finish the album, then you're done. You know. then you either start it over or you throw it away, whichever you want to
0: <laughs> Well I I did go back, I did go on and listen to their other two records, Explorer Suite that came out, uh, I think in an 80, right. and then, uh, is it Walking Wild that came out like a year or two later? I only
4: have one of those, I don't remember which They're one all I got. pretty
0: uniform, I mean, I will say Walking Wild, they tried to tread more into new wave territory, but, um, but Explorer Suite has some really good tunes on it, still got overpowering keyboards, right. so, uh, Jimmy Waldo had some real power in that band, but, uh... But it was cool to see that they all, other than John Fannin, who we talked about earlier, um, they all went on to other success. And, uh, you know, very talented band, but also an interest. I'm glad you picked this record for us to go over because it's one of those kind of timestamp records. It's a real time capsule of the late 70s. And it's cool to listen to it. And as you know, Aaron and I both kind of came up through the mid to late 80s on rock and roll. So it's interesting for us to go in and kind of discover it all over again, but uh, you were there when it was brand new. So did you continue on right. being a new England fan or, or was this album kind of the one?
4: No, this was actually this, I had this album and then, um, I never know. I, I, bill just got me this. I didn't even know they had two more albums, to be honest. I liked them a lot, but you know, back in the days before the internet and before, you know, <laughs> They, they weren't in magazines they had the two videos on or on not mtv but uh, don Kirshner. um no i mean at that point see that would have been 79 and the 80s come along and you know i started getting into different things i started to listen to you know i kind of went from because kiss kind of i lost my lost interest in kiss a little bit in the 80s um we were getting more into rush and, and then you know of course, in, Maiden and Saxon and shit like that. So it's just kind of, I don't know, New England was, I just never kept up with them. And it's sad because this album, to me, and it, it has that thing where I just remember, not that one, but I I remember sitting in my room listening to this. I remember the day I bought it. So there again, I'm, 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 I'm tacking yeah. on a lot of memories. Yeah, you got you an know?
2: emotional attack. And that's,
4: and that's, and, and that's why it's probably, I'm, my grades are a little higher. Or the reason I listen to a little bit, because when I put this thing on, I just kind of, it's my time machine. You know, I go back and I'm, you know, I'm 79, I would have been freshman in mm-hmm. high school. You know, so I was, you know, it's just kind of, you know, like I said, none of my friends, you know, I'd pull that record out. They're like, ah, shit, don't put that <laughs> stuff on. Let's listen to something else, you know, because they, they didn't, and, you know, at that time too, we were buying, I was getting into Blondie, you know, starting doing a little bit different. You know, I was kind of mm-hmm. all over the place. You know, I bought Super Tramp and, you know, listen, so i don't know but yeah it's i i I think this this record time has not it's not held up real good as far as that it, you know it is a it's a dated album you know you can mm-hmm. tell when it was made so it hasn't really you know like other albums that are kind of timeless where you can put them on you really can't yeah but i mean you can't really in fairness it it, though hey.
0: sometimes that's fun to listen to that type of stuff though because you can kind of put your head you sure. put your headspace into the late 70s which is you know a cool thing to think about but uh you know timeline always matters whatever between 12 and 16 whatever was around at the time is yeah. what you're going to gravitate towards but um, I'm interested to see the comments uh, for this for this episode because I'm sure there's probably several people that love this record yeah. that are going to chime in on it with their grades, and we and we want to hear sure. from from you guys listening. What do you think of this record? What do you think of the, the songs? What's your individual grades for this record? But honestly, it, it, the more times I listen to it, the more it grew on me, so I know I'm going to keep listening to it.
2: All hmm. right. Well, I guess for my final overall grade, I ended up giving, let's see, four Bs. Three D's, two C's. Three C's. So around there somewhere, the D's pull it down, the B's lift it up. I'm going to give this album a solid C. I mean, it's great production, awesome musicianship. I mean, if you love ELO or David Bowie or Queen or Cheap Trick or The Cars even, even Sean Cassidy, even Steely Dan, you're probably going to like New England. Well-written songs. (laughs) cheesy ass am gold mixed in with some cool rock you know it's yeah. it's pretty cool overall i i can't say it's bad i can't say it's great so i think c is a good solid final grade for this there
0: yeah looking over looking over my grades b minus b plus c c minus b plus a c b c plus and b minus so Essentially, probably rounds out to about a B.
4: Yeah, that's that's where I'm sitting. Right at a B, and I think, like I said, and I think that has a lot to do with just the memories that that are attached to it. But you know, like I said, it's there's nothing on there that I skip. To be honest, I mean,
0: no, there's not a bad song. There's nothing I listen to on it, and I'm like, this is like poorly written or poorly. Poorly played or poorly produced—it's no. all well done. Yeah,
2: there's just, definitely no F sign no. here at all.
0: No, it's just more sure. your taste, and I what think you too it, it
4: may be where you're sitting at that moment yeah. too, because you know maybe I'm maybe I'm not in a mood for a slow song. Maybe I want it a little bit. You know, so it's. But then there's other times, yeah. sit back with you know, drink or a glass of wine. Yeah, I want to hear that song. You know, so. Whatever floats your boat in the yacht rock world, you know.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Whatever floats your yacht. (laughs) Yeah, I'm feeling a little schizophrenic. How about some New England?
0: (laughs) Yeah, make make sure you listen to shit when you turn out the light.
2: (laughs) Wow. Pretty cool. Like I said, I bought it. I probably listened to it once, maybe twice, put it away never really gave it its due and now i'm looking at this going you know what there's some songs on here i'm definitely going to want on my iPod yeah
4: it's one that i i don't listen to a lot but it's one of those about once a year you know i'll pull it out and yeah, i'm going to listen to that to oh
0: don't you know? lie dennis you have 5 copies of that <laughs>
4: One for every room. That's true. This is this is, this is Monday. Yeah. This is Tuesday. I never have to go
2: get it because I've got one in the kitchen. I've got one in the bathroom. I've got one in the living room.
4: And you know, and as many records as I got and all that stuff, I I listen to this more than anything. You know, the iPad. I'll hook it up. Yeah. I just bought a stereo. I found a receiver at the uh, at the uh, used place down here, like, like a Goodwill type place. You no, know, twenty bucks. Yeah. I got it hooked up outside with the speaker, so I listen to most of my music out in the garage, and I'm tinkering around out there and stuff. Oh, so. that's cool! Right on. Oh man, well, Spotify is my. Friend.
0: Well, this was fun. <laughs> uh, we'll have some more podcasting guests uh, come on and uh, assign us more records because I, I I like being told what to listen to, and then you know, kind of forcing myself <laughs> through it, and then. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's interesting. It's like making yourself do a record review. So I think I've had a fun time doing this.
2: Yeah, and in the meantime, Dennis, you've been awesome coming on here. Everybody, you love us. You love rock and roll podcasts. Check out Ages of Rock. A lot of fun. I've been on there before. I know Chris has been on there before as a guest. Mm-hmm. These guys are good friends of the show. Give them some love and support, and we appreciate you coming on, Dennis. This was pretty cool, man.
4: Oh, I enjoyed it immensely. I just was. I'm glad you guys had fun because I was like, "Oh man." Like Bill's like, they're never going to invite you back on with a record like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, what did you do?
0: <laughs> hey, we're a lot more diverse than he thinks we are. Come on. Yeah. I
4: know. <laughs> I should have told him we were going to do The Elder.
0: <laughs> 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 then you would not be invited back on. <laughs>
4: yeah. yeah, Bill doesn't like that one either. So he is an Oh, yeah. man. Alright,
0: well, everybody check out Ages of Rock, and uh, thanks, Dennis, for coming on.
4: Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Um,